So today we are going to uh, do a little introduction to the book of Hosea. So first of all, I want to put a little context. One thing about the Old Testament, it's not in chronological order. So just a, a little reminder, if you want a quick summary of the history of Israel. God made Israel a great nation. And its height was probably under King David. And David's son Solomon sort of carried it on and made it uh, probably a little bit greater in some ways. But then after Solomon passed away, uh, his son sort of split the kingdom. So you had the nation of Israel and then it got split in two. The north part was kept the name Israel and the south part took the name of Judah. Now what happened for a, a number of of years and throughout the Old Testament, you had north of being Israel, the south being Judah, and they both had their own kings. And God sent prophets, so most of the prophets in the Old Testament was either sent uh, to the north or to the south, and some actually their words went a little bit to both uh, during this time with the same message, repent and turn back to God. The interesting thing about it is that the north really never had any good kings, any kings that would follow God completely. The south had a few, but not many. Had about eight kings that were followers of God. But God sent his prophets anyway and had a message to them. Uh, one thing interesting about Hosea is he was actually sent to the north. He was sent to Israel. Mind you, they never had any good kings that were defined against God. Um, and actually, he is one of the only ones that was sent just to the north for the most part. Challenge for him, but God had a message even to those unfollowing God people in the north. They refused to follow God, but God still sent messengers to them giving them chances and opportunities to repent. Now, Hosea is a very interesting book because God gave him a very, very unusual request. We'll go ahead and read Hosea chapter 1. If you're using one of our Blue Pew Bibles, it is on page 1395. And I want you to pay attention to, uh, to God's unusual request for Hosea. Start in verse 1. Then the word of the Lord that came to Hosea, son of Beeri, during the reigns of Uzziah, Jothan, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, kings of Judah, and during the reign of Jeroboam, son of Jehoash, king of Israel. When the Lord began to speak through Hosea, the Lord said to him, Go, take to yourself an adulterous wife and children of unfaithfulness. Because the land is guilty of the vilest adultery and departing from the Lord. So he married Gomer, daughter of Diblain, and she conceived and bore him a son. Then the Lord said to Hosea, Call him Jezreel, because I will soon punish the house of Jehu for the massacre of Jezreel. And I will put an end to the kingdom of Israel. In that day I will break Israel's bow in the valley of Jezreel. Gomer conceived again and gave birth to a daughter. Then the Lord said to Hosea, Call her Lo-Rahamah. For I will no longer show love to the house of Israel, that I shall at all forgive them. Yet I will show love to the house of Judah, 
And I will save them, not by bows, sword, or battle, by horses and horsemen, but by the Lord their God. And after she weaned Lo-Rahamah, Gomer had another son. Then the Lord said, Call him Lo-Ami, for you are not my people, and I am not your God. Yet the Israelites will be like the sand on the seashore, which cannot be measured or counted. In the place where it was said to them, You are not my people, they will be called sons of the living God. The people of Judah and the people of Israel will be reunited. And they will appoint one leader and will come up out of the land for great will be the day of Jezreel. So God had a very unusual request for Hosea. First of all, he told him to go out and find him a nice young lady to marry. That's what we tell our children. That's what we tell our grandchildren. We we'll always want to make sure, make sure you find a nice young lady to marry. Or if a daughter or granddaughter, a nice young man. Make sure you pay attention to them. Make sure you get to know them. Make sure they're godly. Make sure they're ethical. Make sure they're moral. And that's the person you need to marry. So, of course, God told Hosea to find him a good wife. No, he did not. Why would he not do that? But he told Hosea, and it depends on which version. You can read different versions. They have a different name for, for the young lady there. Uh, in, this, in our version of, this version of anti, NIV, it says, Go take yourself an adulterous wife, an unfaithful children. God purposely told Hosea to get an adulterous wife. Uh, some debate on exactly what that looked like. Was it just a woman that was very promiscuous? Could have been. Or it could even been, she could have been a, a prostitute. In that time, uh, temple prostitutes were very common. It went with their religion. So either way... She was not a very trustworthy individual. But God told Hosea, go take an adulterous woman as your wife. And then have children. And let's give them some interesting names. Now the first one was Jezreel. That's not necessarily a bad name. Because Jezreel is an, an area, a plain in Israel that's usually nice. Or it was nice until bad events started happening there. You're probably familiar with Ahab and Jezebel. They don't have very good reputations. Told you the north didn't have any good kings. But Ahab and Jezebel were really bad. And they went in there and they killed Ahab's sons and they did a lot of evil. And they sort of set in motion this line of evil kings from then on. And that happened in the valley of Jezreel. In fact, in this passage, it said, you're going to name it Jezreel because of the massacre, the immoral sin that took place in this valley. And you're going to name your child after that. I was trying to think of an example that would be sort of similar because we don't live there. We're not very familiar with Jezreel. So the name I come up with or thought of was Osawich. Imagine having a child named Oswich. When you hear that name, does anything positive ever come to your mind? 
No. Evil comes to your mind. Deplorable, evil, the worst that man has seen sort of comes to your mind every time you hear that name. You don't associate it with anything else. And Israel knew what happened at Jezreel. So when he had a child named Jezreel, every time the name was mentioned, it was a reminder of something bad and evil that occurred. There's other two names which are always fun to pronounce. They both start with Lo at the beginning. Lo, Ruhamah. Which Lo in front of both of these names means no. See, Ruhamah is not a bad name. It means mercy or pity. That's a good thing. But you put the Lo in front of it, that means no. So instead of being named mercy or pity, it was the child was named no mercy, no pity. And the next child, Ami, was uh, the word for people. So when you put low in front of that, it means no people or not my people. Negative names for his children, names that would remind him sort of depressing things. He told Hosea, marry an adulterous woman, name your kid. Your kids, some depressing names. So what does this tell us about God? Well, these are some important things that we need to think about because I don't know if we think about them enough. A lot of times we read Scripture and we try to pick out all the positive things. Well, that's a good thing. I'm going to apply that to my life. That's a good promise. I'm going to apply that to my life. Well, this tells me God is loving and God is caring and God is merciful. He is, but there's also other aspects of God. And in this story, I want you to think about what does this tell us about God? I want you to understand, sometimes God will ask us to do things that we may not want to do. And in fact, God may ask us to do things that you could even say is not good for us. For Hosea to marry this uh, type of young lady and have these children named these specific names, how do you think that affected him? Mentally, I would imagine he's probably a little paranoid. He's marrying this particular woman who has a certain reputation, and he's probably uh, paranoid and very jealous that she's going to betray his, the marriage vows. Or not even knowing if she's going to be there the next day. Maybe she's going to run off with a, another lover. I'm sure it brought a lot of anxiety to Hosea. And I'm sure when he was younger, he never dreamed that, okay, you know, when I grow up, I'm going to marry this promiscuous woman and, and all the stuff that goes with it, all the baggage that goes with that. He didn't name to do that. But God told him to do that. God didn't set Hosea down, said, let me run something by you. What do you think about this scenario? Are you in or not? He didn't ask him his opinion. He told him to do it. I'm sure there was some heartache involved, some disappointment. And we say as we read the book of Hosea, you will see, yes, there was heartache and there was disappointment. And honestly, Hosea probably had a different plan altogether for his life. But that was Hosea's plan and not 
God's plan. God had a plan for Hosea. And you can only say it might have been not been very good for Hosea. A lot of us think, and maybe in Christian circles we even tell this and teach this, well, if you do God's will, then everything's great. Everything's good. You will be successful and God will bless you. And, and we always sort of talk that kind of way. But that's not necessarily true. I'm sure people looking at Hosea's life and maybe his friends, maybe his good godly friends. Imagine Hosea bringing his, his wife to church. You think there were any whispers when she walked in? Hey, you know where she worked at? You know what she has done? I heard about her. God will ask us to do things that we may not want to do. That may not bring us happiness. That may not bring us joy. And the reason why is because God's goal is to accomplish His will. It's not to baby us. It's not to make sure all of our desires and wants get met. Another thinking that is around today, if you, you follow God and do what He tells you to do, you can ask for anything and God will just bless you. God will give you all the desires of your heart. He will if it's in His will. It's not if you want it bad enough and if you're good enough, God will give you all the desires of your heart. We sort of think that. But we've got to understand, God, He does things for a reason. He didn't do this to Hosea to torture him. He didn't do it to Hosea to punish him. He did it because He had something He needed Hosea to do. God was using Hosea to deliver a clear message to a particular group of people whose heart, their heart was hardened against God. And the thing about it, as we look now, we know they didn't listen anyway. And God knew they wouldn't listen. But He still, out of love and compassion, He still gave them opportunities. I'm still going to send a messenger with a very pointed, direct message to you. You choose whether you want to choose or to listen or not, but the message will be sent. So there's, there's a good facts to know about God. But what does this tell you about Hosea? Pretty simple. Obedience was a high priority in his life. It's very interesting. Throughout the Old Testament, God will tell people to do certain things. And sometimes some of the people argue or debate with God. Well, I'm not really gifted to do that. I'm not a very good speaker. There's surely got to be somebody else out there that can do a better job than I can do. Or, or I really don't like those people, so I don't want to preach a message of repentance to them. Or whatever, we can sort of debate or argue with God. I don't know if Hosea did or not, but we don't have any of that in Scripture. When he got the orders from God, he didn't say, well, wait a minute, God, let's, let's go through this one more time. Why do you want me to do that? What is your reason? What is your purpose? Because I'm not going to enjoy it. It's going to bring heartache, pain, and disappointment, and anxiety, and probably depression. And why do you want to do this to me, God? He didn't do that. 
He didn't debate God. He didn't pull a, a Jonah and run from God. He just was obedient to God. Let's jump into the fun part. Has God ever asked you to do something crazy? And I say crazy there because crazy can be a lot of different things. Something that is out of the ordinary. Something that maybe when God tells you to do it, you think to yourself, wow, that's crazy. Or even if you were okay with the idea, maybe you tell it to others. Well, I think God's leading me to do this. And then they might say, well, that's crazy. That doesn't even make sense. That will never work. Has God ever told you to do something, then people respond, that will never work. See, the interesting thing about it, the story of Hosea and many of the prophets in the Old Testament, many of the people in the Old Testament, when God calls them to do something, it always looks a little different. But it's funny, the time that we're living in, it seems like everything God tells us to do, it always looks the same. I went to seminary and got a degree from seminary, but I was always a little surprised in seminary how everything was just, there's a certain way, honestly, in the ministry in general, there's just a certain way to do things. Remember telling my pastor at the age of 17, I feel God's calling to the ministry. It gives me a list of things I need to do. Well, listen, you've got to go to a seminary, you've got to get a degree in this certain field, and then you've got to do this and this and this and this. Then I go to seminary. And then they paint a picture. Okay, if you're, uh, actually, first of all, when you go to seminary and you're going into the ministry, they only give you a few options. If you tell somebody you're going into the ministry, God's called you into ministry, they'll say, great. What has he called you in the ministry to do? Are you going to be a pastor? You're going to be an evangelist? You're going to be a youth minister? Or you're going to be a missionary? And you can't answer none of the above. You've got to pick one. Because that's the only thing God does. It's sort of taught that you've got to pick. If you want into, into ministry, you've got to pick one of those things. And it's, it was so surprising to me how everything is so cookie cutter. This is what it looks like. But at church, we do the same thing. It's got to look a certain way. You've got to do things a certain way and you've got to do it like that over and over again and it can't change at all. Because we think that God doesn't work outside of these lines that we draw. It's like there's a pattern to follow. We have the mindset that, that God is limited in what He calls us to do. And He never calls us to do anything crazy. Have you read the Bible? Have you? Have you read the Old Testament? We've covered that much of the Old Testament. You know, you know how many times God has asked people to do crazy stuff? In fact, I, I would challenge you now to brainstorm and see if you can figure out a time when God didn't ask somebody to do something crazy. You ever been asked to do something a little on the crazy side? A lot of us may say, well, no, not really. I just want to follow it up. 
You sure about that? You sure God has never asked you to do something crazy? You sure He didn't tell you to read the Bible and, and make you think about, hey, you ever thought about Abraham? Then what He told Abraham to do? Pack up and leave. Where am I going? You're just going to go. Leave everything you know, and you're just going to leave. And you're just going to take a step, and then take another step, and I'm just going to direct you, and I'm going to bless you, and I'm going to make all these great things for you. Great, God, how are you going to do it? Where am I going? Just go. What kind of response do you think Abraham got when he's telling his, telling his friends and neighbors, hey, I, I'm moving tomorrow. Really? Where are you going? To get a better job? You got a, some family you're going to go live with? I don't know where I'm going. I'm just going. Really? Just by yourself? Why? God told me to. God told you just to pack up and just start walking? Yeah, sort of. What about Moses? Did you tell him to do anything crazy? Just some average Joe Smo, and he says, you're going to go talk to the Pharaoh. And you're going to do some amazing stuff. You're going to do miracles. You're going to be a spokesman for a people. Moses is like, no, that's not me. You got the wrong guy. God's like, no. I know it sounds crazy, but this is what I want you to do. Noah was a little crazy. Built a boat. It gets even crazier when you see where he built the boat. The middle of the land. Build it close to the water unless you've got a crane or something that you're going to uh, take the boat to the water. No, he didn't have a crane. He's just going to build it on dry land. Oh, it's going to rain. Uh, it's like it never rains here. Noah, what are you talking about? You're crazy. Told David to do some crazy stuff. Remember that? There was a big giant out there. Little sky around. God said, David, go take care of that. David's like, yeah, I'm down, let's go. Then he tells other people, hey, Saul, I'm going to take care of this giant here. Tell his brothers, I'm going to take care of this giant here. God wants me to. And God can do it. Because he's making fun of my God and it's not making me very happy and I'm going to take him out. But Saul and his brothers looking at him, you're crazy. You can't win. There is no way you can beat this giant. But if you're crazy enough to go here, try to put on this armor and try to dress like we're dressed and try to act like we, try to fight it like we would fight. David puts it on and then it's like, well, this ain't going to work. I can't even walk. So he takes it off. We can keep going. Story after story, crazy, 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 crazy. But that was Old Testament. God doesn't ask us to do crazy anymore. Because God changed. Think that's true? I don't think it is either. I don't think God has changed. I think we have changed. We're not used to pe people seeing people do crazy. We're used to people doing the cookie cutter thing. I think God still asks us to do crazy. I just don't think we're listening. Or we're not willing to obey. We dismiss it so quickly. 
Maybe God gives us that idea or some thought in our head. We just immediately, nope, that's not me. I can't do that. Somebody else could probably do that, but not me. We dismiss it thinking, well, that would never work. That's just insane. Your chances of success there are slim to none. By the way, those are odds that God likes. He wants to put us in situations where we look at it and everybody looks at it and says, there's no way you can make that happen. There's no way you're going to have success there because when you have that mentality and God puts you in that situation, guess what has to happen? God's got to show up. And that's what happens when you answer the yes to doing something crazy. And you know you do something crazy when your family and friends don't understand. I think my mom still thinks I'm crazy. Why are you moving to Texas? Why aren't you going to be a veterinarian like you planned for your whole life? You know, ministers never make any money. So she had told me over and over again. But not many people doing crazy. I remember being in Saluda, North Carolina, and I heard about a guy. I actually met him. He was at my church for a little bit. He was doing some training. He was training to be a missionary. I got to know him a little bit. heard his backstory. He was from Houston, Texas. He was a helicopter pilot for Exxon. I don't know if you know anything about helicopter pilots for Exxon. <laughs> he was doing pretty good in life. He'd been doing it for years. He wasn't that old, but he was a pretty smart guy, and, and he, is, he had made a lot of money and was making a lot of money, set for life. Everybody that, that looked at him and saw him would think, wow, you made it in life. That's it. He's a successful person. Look what he's doing. Very few people can do that job. And very few people get paid the amount that they pay for people to do that job. But there he was. But he wasn't in Saluda, North Carolina because of this flying uh, the helicopter for Exxon. Quit his job. Was going through training to go on the mission field. To volunteer to fly helicopters and transport missionaries. That's crazy. That it, it is cool when somebody else does it. <laughs> but if God tells us to do it, or one of our family members, or one of our kids, or one of our grandkids, what are you doing? You're throwing, you went to school for that, and, and you've been working your whole life, and you worked your way up the professional ladder, and what? You're throwing it all away to go to some dangerous country and, and, and you might not even make it and life is going to be rough for you and you might live in a tent or sleep on the ground and what are you doing? Doesn't make any sense. So are you sure God hasn't called you to do something crazy? I guess one of the last things, there's a, uh, a guy at, uh, went to church with that Baker Road Baptist Church. And he had worked smart guys, worked his way up. I forgot which refinery or company he worked for. But he had worked there and he was making good money. And uh, while I knew him, they had bought, uh, his family had bought a new house. And I think he might have had a boat. He's just doing good. Doing good, having success. And then God started burdening his heart. He decided to quit his job. 
become a youth minister. I felt that was God's calling in his life. Not only was that a little crazy move, and of course I'm sure his family didn't understand. Even his church family didn't even understand. Are you sure you want to do that? Sure, it's a good idea. But God spoke to him, God spoke to his wife, and they're both on board. And they did something crazy. And, I, and there's a couple stories I told you, but I wish I could stay up here all day telling you story after story after story after story. But I don't know that many stories. These are just a couple that come to my mind. Do you have any that's come to your mind? Can you think of somebody that has just done something crazy because God told them to do it? Done something that didn't make sense to most people. I think God is calling a lot of us to do crazy. My question to you will be, if God has done it in the past, how did you respond? Or if God does it pretty soon, how will you respond? Because most of us are pretty selfish. When God tells us to do stuff, if you're like me, first of all, you take a little inventory. Okay, how is this going to impact my life? Let's see the pros and cons, right? Well, if there's a lot of pros, not many cons, okay, God, I can do that. But if it's the opposite, a lot of cons, not a lot of pros, like, well, maybe God's really not calling me to do that. Or maybe I'm going to have to wait till when the lottery and become a millionaire before I can try something like that. We always have an excuse. But how will you respond? Because I'll go to my last question. Because how you respond or have responded tells us a lot about you. We tell everybody in the Christian church, you've got to put your faith in Jesus Christ. You've got to trust Jesus Christ. Well, how do you do that? Well, you've got to admit that you're a sinner and you've got to ask Jesus to come into your heart. Usually, that is usually seen by saying a prayer and then we get them baptized and we try to help them start the Bible reading or so forth. But do you really have faith? Faith means you trust God. And when God tells you to do something crazy and you say no to that, you're really saying, God, I don't trust you. Now we think there's two different categories. We think there's a Christian that's, we think, maybe like a lukewarm Christian or a casual Christian. Yeah, I'm saved and I'm going to heaven, but I'm not an extreme. I'm not radical. I don't do everything I'm supposed to do, but I'm a good Christian. I got saved. My faith is in Jesus Christ. And, and I'm going to go to heaven and I'm good. I'm just, maybe didn't do everything God wanted me to do. Or stop doing the things that God told me to stop doing. When we live like that, when we have that attitude, what we're doing is we're telling God and we're showing everybody else, we do not trust you. You either have faith in God or you do not have faith. So you go through the Scriptures, you see the people that trusted God did what God told them to do. If you are not doing what God tells you to do, how can you have faith? Do you really have faith? Doesn't matter what the preacher said. Doesn't matter what prayer you said when you were a kid. Are you trusting God 
and doing what God is telling you to do. Because the thing about it is God uses people to accomplish His will. He's done it throughout history. He, he can use donkeys. He can use other things. But His main method is using people. People that have faith in Him. People that trust Him. And He doesn't try to trick people. Doesn't spend a lot, a lot of time bargaining with people. He just says, you need to do this. You trust me, you will do it. If you don't trust me, you won't do it. Went to Hosea. You need to do this. Do it. You may look at it and may not think it's the best thing for you. I'm not asking you your opinion. I'm just telling you, you need to do it. And Hosea had faith. Faith equals obedience. We're living in crazy times. Seems like we need to see more people do some crazy stuff for God. If you pay attention, you can see a little waves of it. Remember I showed you that the softball team the other week. That was pretty brave of them. That was pretty bold of them. That was pretty crazy of them because of the consequences that they're going to incur. You had an example of some of the baseball players. Some compromised and apologized for taking a stand, but others did not. And there will be consequences for them. And their teammates are, man, why don't you just be quiet? I'm a Christian too, but I wouldn't risk my career for it. And maybe in their family telling them, why don't you be quiet? But they're doing what God tells them to do. God has something for you to do. I truly believe that with everybody here, with everybody that is alive. And I have a feeling that most of the things that God wants us to do, we or other people probably would consider crazy. But if we have faith in God, we will do it anyway.